The objective, to deliver the NBA to you like no other. News, play breakdowns, power rankings, storylines you never hear talked about anywhere else. It's all straight shots here. Fired by straight shooters. S and gun. This is the Objective Basketball Podcast. Never a dull day in the NBA, Lauren. Never a dull day. What were you doing right now before we just jumped onto this reaction podcast? I mean... I was I was just sitting here at home. Where it's my work from home day, Mondays and Fridays. So I'm just sitting here thinking it's like an easygoing, chill day. I'm like, oh, it's almost the weekend. I'm going to Houston yeah. this weekend. So I was just straight chilling. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, Shams comes out of nowhere. And I just burst. I just died laughing because I was like, is this... We shouldn't be surprised, but also this completely throws, even though Everything. everyone's banking on, yeah, every everyone's banking on him going to LA, and that's fine. We'll we'll dive into that more, but this completely throws a wrinkle into a lot of people's kind of plans going into the deadline. At least that's what I think. <sighs> so I do think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be fascinating. Never a dull day. Never I love it. a I love freaking. It. Never a freaking dull day in the NBA. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, that's why at SDPN Sports, we've decided to dive into NBA content in the first place because (laughs) there is a plethora of it all day, every day, every single time. And it comes at moments that you don't expect. I was pumping gas, shivering, and then I get in my car and realize that Kyrie Irving (laughs) has requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Adrian Wojnarowski and Shams Tarania both got it. Uh, He has, uh, apparently, there were some contract talks. There were some like murmurs you know some conversations i know mark stein kind of dropped the news that uh his agent had sort of discussed a potential extension with the nets and that they didn't really see eye to eye on that extension yet but there was there was time there was room for them to figure something out adrian wojnarowski reports that there were some talks on a new deal for irving but no deal was reached and a trade and a trade request, ladies and gentlemen, was delivered to the organization today. So Irving, he is a free agent this summer. He can potentially leave this summer. And look, we, we should probably have a, a real hard, truthful conversation about Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Nobody can question the on-court talent that he brings. There, mm-hmm. I, I, it's really hard to, other than maybe bringing up the availability. He obviously has missed a bunch of time, especially in his time as a Brooklyn Net. But if you look through his entire 12-year career, he has missed a considerable amount of time almost every season. He hasn't had a fully healthy season. But at the same time, the talent is unquestionable. The other stuff, the the 99% of the <laughs> other stuff, which is, you know, obviously what happened earlier this year with the anti-Semitic stuff, whether it's the contract negotiations, whether it's posting random uh, things on internet. You know, recently he had posted a Jordan Peterson clip. So, look, his off-the-court persona, what he carries with himself, the baggage, if you will, that he carries as a player, to me, if I'm a franchise in an organization, that makes it really hard for me to sell to ownership that we should trade for this guy. He is three months removed from making, from posting an anti-Semitic movie, mm-hmm. right? I, I think that's really, really hard to be like, look, yes, Kyrie Irving is an all-star this year yeah. and we have a chance to go and acquire him, but should we? <laughs> and yeah. I, think, I I just don't know how even, look, the Lakers of it all, 
we yeah. we know that that is the first team that is going to jump out and be the be kind of the talking point here. It's going to be Russ and those those two picks, and then you go and get Kyrie. But my question is like, damn, you know, like is it is it worth it to to acquire the baggage as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's so fascinating and honestly also kind of sad about this whole situation is while I think all the off the court stuff and it is baggage, it is one thousand percent baggage. I. I, uh, I, with the NBA, I'm always going to call it like I see it. And unfortunately, I do think that there are organizations in the league right now that are desperate enough to turn a blind eye to yeah. some of the negative things that we've seen in the past um, and think that, okay, a six-month rental is worth it for us. Obviously, we're draft compensation probably not going to be um, – we're not going to be very interested in moving off of that. But I do think that there are organizations in the league that are going to say – we don't really care what he what he says or what he does for the next six months. If he's here and he's playing at the level that he's been playing at for the last six months, we're okay with that. And right. that to me, that says a lot about some of I mean how how some teams might want to do business. But I do think that that's a reality in today's NBA. Um, and I think that there are plenty of examples currently going on in Absolutely. other situations with yeah. that right now. Um, so with Kyrie, I think why it adds such a, a wrinkle to this this deadline is because everyone is sitting here always going to the Lakers. He's going to the Lakers. And if I had to bet my money, yeah, he probably will end up a Laker, uh, whether it's the off season or the trade deadline, but because so many people are banking on him going to the Lakers kind of completely different situations, but similarly to how confident everyone felt Donovan Mitchell was going to end up in a Knicks uniform. The Lakers might now not be so inclined to move off of those draft picks because they might think, well, He's going to be here in six months. Why would we, we've, we've held out so long already with these draft picks. I'm not saying that there's no way they include them, but I do think that there's going to be a serious internal conversation about whether or not it's worth giving up two or giving up one. And so I'm going to be interested to see how it, uh, how eager they are to get off of that. And I think another team out there that's really interested in moving off of a sizable contract is the Miami heat. And I think that they are going to seriously look at this. And I would be interested to see how aggressive they are to try and get in front of the Lakers with this quote unquote six month rental, because for, for a team like Miami, I absolutely think that that's something that they would seriously consider and might just pull the trigger on. And, and with Miami and look like you hope that for certain teams that have the infrastructure, the quote unquote culture, right. Mm -hmm. That you can bring in Kyrie and hope that it doesn't disrupt any kind of thing that you've already built with Miami. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a certain level of confidence there where you're like, okay, we can get this guy for six months, deal for with him months. and, and yeah. see what we can do on court. Um, I'm assuming the package you're talking about is, you know, Kyle Lowry, they might yeah. have to add it because of the contract and, and what that looks like. Lowry's contract is, doesn't look the greatest either. It, it, trading a pick with Lowry to potentially go and get Kyrie. I, I could see that. I could see that. Another mm-hmm. team for me that is interesting, and it's a team that's been brought up on the timeline a bunch, it's the other Los Angeles team yeah. in the Clippers. They, I mean, look, I watched the Bucks clippers game last night. It is genuinely some of the most atrocious basketball you will watch because those teams struggle so much offensively that it's like both of them, honestly, if you go back and watch that game, it looked like both teams were trying to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with the Clippers, they have been dying for a point guard. They have been desperate for a guy who can create and do something outside of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Yes. Clearly, Kyrie Irving fits the bill in that situation. Also, mm-hmm. 
they are more than willing with their ownership and Steve Ballmer and whatnot to go all in, to trade their chips, to move the assets required to go and acquire a guy like Kyrie. And also, if things go well, they would be more than comfortable just paying the dude because they're fine going into the luxury tax. Again, Steve Ballmer is making billions and billions and billions of dollars. He doesn't mind paying Mm -hmm. the luxury tax. It's no problem to him. So for me, I think the Clippers are an interesting other option out there. I mean, we've talked about it before on the podcast, but they're in a position with Paul George in his mid-30s and Kawhi in his mid-30s and the injuries that those two have both sustained that they can't waste a year. Right. They don't have the luxury of that. I think in a similar vein, the Lakers are in a situation where they can't waste a year of LeBron and AD. So Mm -hmm. to your point earlier about the desperation of certain teams, when you look at the Lakers, when you look at the Clippers, and when you look at the grand scheme of the Western Conference, yeah, desperation will set in because you mm-hmm. look at you look at where the Lakers are. I know they're I think they're like 12th or 13th in the Western Conference right now, but mm-hmm. they're not that far back from fourth, from fifth in the West. No, and a move like this changes changes, changes things a lot. Yeah, yeah a lot. absolutely. And, and with the Clippers, kind of in the same vein with what we've talked about with OG and the Pelicans and 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 how he would provide this kind of availability for when their key stars are, are not available. That's exactly what Kyrie would do with Paul George and Kawhi kind of adding to your point from just right. a second ago. Um, and I think that that on top of what you're getting on the floor with Kyrie could be enough for them to say, Hey, he fits the exact position and kind of uh, prototype that we need. And then on top of that, just the talent level, we're no longer talking about the Fred Van Fleet. We're no longer talking of like, we're looking at, or we're no longer talking about Mike Conley. We're talking about Kyrie Irving. Kyrie and, Irving, right. And, yeah. you, and if you think that there's not going to be a little bit of a uh, motivation for Kyrie to end up on the other side of LA going head to head with LeBron, I, there's definitely a storyline there. And I, I, so I absolutely think that there's going to be motivation coming from the Clippers. Um, so yeah, I, I would have them high on my list as well. And, and another layer to this is what does this all mean for Kevin Durant? What is the, I mean, it wasn't too long ago that he requested a trade. We saw yeah. how that panned out, but I, I want to get to that. I want to get to that okay. in a sec. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's one more team I want to talk about with Kyrie. It's, it. it's your team. Oh, uh, I knew it was coming. Well, I, it was, it was bound to happen. It's interesting because there were, there was the stuff that was mentioned last, uh, this summer where it's like, oh, maybe the Mavericks will end up doing it and to to talk about desperation there is a level of hey we need to compete now next to Luca hey we don't have the assets to potentially move so now you're buying a depreciating asset a guy who you can potentially sign in the summer mm-hmm. I think look if I'm Mark Cuban and I'm the Dallas Mavericks and Nico Manny and like looking at the situation you're like okay we don't have a way to get a star right now. Yeah. We don't. We have no assets to potentially move to go and get a star currently. But if we were to go and buy a star that nobody wants and acquire him, now we have someone to pair with Luca and mm-hmm. a guy who can be that ball handler, that secondary guy who can be that scoring punch. It's a good fit. It is a good fit. Yeah. But there's so many questions <laughs> of like, of do you want to bring that toxic sludge that is Kyrie Irving into the Mavericks locker room, into Luka Doncic's life and incorporating that? I mean, that is something that I think you'd have to answer. That's the question is like, hey, do do we think it's worth it? The risk versus the reward in a certain sense of going out and acquiring Kyrie. Uh, I just, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on the Mavericks front of things? Oh, 
I mean, we did have to touch on it. I probably should have mentioned the Mavs before. The, <laughs> it, it's hard for me to envision. On, on one hand, I'm like, I just see the Lakers and the Clippers and the Heat being more likely. But right. Mark Cuban, you mentioned it. He is he's very aware that there's pressure to to give talent to Luca. And if you make this move, I think the majority of people are assuming that this is a six month rental and not a you know long term move. Because personally, it's really hard for me to envision Kyrie wanting to stick around in Dallas long term and signing an extension here. I. To me, that's that's very unlikely. But you bring him in for six months, you pair him with a guy like Luca, and I do think that the, one Dallas doesn't make that move unless they know Kyrie is showing up. And again, there's also a level uncertain of uncertainty there because he could just change his mind, um, and and we've seen that happen before. But with Dallas, um, this is also and an, an, and why I think it was so heavily entertained, at least by Mavs Twitter um, over the summer, was because there weren't many teams that were going to be willing to give up much of anything for Kyrie back when this was initially talked about, but Dallas could give you some pieces that can help you um, in terms of veteran wings, whether it now be potentially even Christian Wood being available in that conversation. Um, This could be worth it for Dallas to try and add to one move off of money and also have some short-term talent because after last night, Mavs are back to being fourth in the West. You give him someone like Kyrie that, adds a lot it takes a lot off of Luca's plate yeah. and that really really could shift in terms of just shift how this team operates because right now they don't even really run an offense anyway which means you've got to have some somebody that can create their own shot and Kyrie is one of the best of those guys with him in the league so there's to me there's plenty of motivation for Dallas to do this and if they do it I will not at all be discouraged because personally I don't think Kyrie is going to be in Dallas long enough or would be in Dallas long enough to cause a massive explosion the way he has in Boston and the way he has in Brooklyn. So I don't have concern about that, even though plenty of Mavs people do. And I I understand that. Um, But you look at contracts like Tim Hardaway Jr., JaVale McGee, Davis Bertans. These are, this is a prime opportunity to get off of those contracts. And if you have to include Christian Wood to get this deal done, if that also means that you're moving off of one of Tim or Davis Bertans, I'm okay with doing that because it kind of looks like they're not going to have Christian Wood long-term anyway. Hope I'm wrong. I hope I've been misreading everything from this last week, but to me, there's just too many signs there. So this could be the right sequence of events and the right timing for Dallas to miraculously pull this off. Salvage something. Yeah. 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 Because right now and the whole conversation around the Mavs is we've just got to wait till this summer. We've just got to wait till this summer. But if you can have a six month rental to kind of give you a buffer and also give you a chance to compete, that might just be enough for Dallas. Yeah. I, I think the Kyrie Irving aspect of this is fascinating. I think what will happen and transpire over the next five or six days will also be fascinating because I do think that Kyrie will get traded. I, I don't think there's I a possibility too. where they go past February 9th and he is not moved to a different team. Yeah. Uh, I think also back to the desperation front of things, there are teams, the ones we've mentioned, the Clippers, the Lakers, even to a certain extent, maybe Miami, the Mavericks, that have a certain level of de- uh, desperation that makes sense for them to acquire Kyrie Irving. Um the, the whole topic of, hey, uh, you know, the, the moral aspect of trading for Kyrie, that's a different story. We, we touched on it at the top. It's like, look, how do you end up trading for a guy like that? To your point, which is an excellent point, NBA teams seemingly don't care. They, they and don't. They, have, they, don't. They, they hire people and they play players 
who have seemingly done some pretty abhorrent stuff. So that that is that is an aside, but maybe something even more interesting is the Kevin Durant equation of this thing because more talented than Kyrie Irving is Kevin Durant. He was playing like an MVP this season until he hurt his knee. Mm-hmm. I think obviously the age is a factor and him being at, you know, co- towards the end of his career is always going to be a question. But we saw how the KD sweepstakes kind of transpired in the summer. The Suns, the Raptors, they were obviously interested. I don't know what that situation looks like now, but it is pretty perfect timing. Isn't it? Yeah, I was just about to say. It's I gotta say, timing. it's yeah. timing just, it's all just at the right, right time. There from it, the side. It, it is right there. And and look, we need to hear a trade request. I'll die. I, at the end of the I'll day, die, S. I look, we listen. I, it's funny because I've been texting people uh, depressingly and talking about <laughs> the Raptors. And I'm like, how did we go from KD trade rumors to we need to blow this thing up in like four months? And now we may be back at KD trade rumors. So I'm I happy. Know. I'm good. I'm, I'm living. But at the same time, I just, I, I'm not sure if this means KD, it, it, it seems like it would be way too quick for KD to request a trade, get moved, and be gone post-deadline. I yeah, think that's I a little bit too rash. I could see something happening in the summer. Me too. But I wouldn't, I mean, look, the NBA has been shocking before and it wouldn't surprise me if Kevin Durant comes out tomorrow and says you know what Kyrie's gone so therefore I would like to leave as well yep I don't know if that will happen but I wouldn't be surprised I really wouldn't be surprised and and then when when and if that happens okay mm-hmm. the Suns will obviously be in the conversation for that with the Aiton situation and you know yep. obviously the Ben Simmons side of things we, we will see how that transpires I imagine he is more likely to get moved as well I think the other aspect of this is hey look at the New Orleans Pelicans we talked about mm-hmm. how much they're struggling they've lost 10 in a row they need some help maybe maybe they end up saying you know what Brandon Ingram is available here you go let's yeah. let's get Kevin Durant you want Herb Jones here you go you know so I don't know, but I think if there were a Kevin Durant sweepstakes, there the, what was what people were hesitant on in the summer, you know, wh- wh- when the Pelicans were like, ah, I don't know if we want to do this for know. KD. Yeah. When the Raptors were like, ah, man, giving up Scotty for K, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Now there is no hesitation. Mm-mm. There is no hesitation. Kevin Durant has yeah. proved that he can perform at an MVP level. He has proved that he can he can still compete and be a top five, top three, top whatever player. If Kevin Durant ends up available on the trade market, we are going to see an arms race unlike before. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it, that will be the craziest thing. And in in my mind, I look at Memphis and I look at Toronto being the two that can mm-hmm. immediately switch into going all in on Kevin Durant because. I genuinely don't, and that includes Phoenix, I genuinely don't see another team out there that this perfectly, that one, they have the assets for, and two, that it times up so perfectly. If you have OG half out the door, I'm not sure where Scotty fits into all that conversation or how much right. things have changed for Joe Sy and the, and the Brooklyn Nets, but 
both Memphis and Toronto are in a perfect position to give you both players and draft assets. So I am very intrigued to see how that could turn because with Kevin Durant, it's really, really difficult for me to look around at all of what the return will be with each of these teams. I think best case scenario for KD is that they do trade with Miami and then that's your return because looking at all of the other return packages that they are going to get, yeah, I mean, it's what 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 motivates him to kind of keep going with that? It's just it's really really difficult for me to try and try and envision that. And it so, goes it goes back to the conversation we like a lot of people had in the summer is like, okay, if you're trading for Kevin Durant, you have to have enough to be able to compete with Kevin Durant. I think there's exactly. only like you like you said, there's only a handful of teams that mm-hmm. have the assets available to them to be able to acquire KD and also still remain competitive when yeah. they have. So I, I agree with you. I think this is uh this is <laughs> this is a, a shifting, like tectonic shift type of move or yes. sequence or news, whatever you want to call it, just because of the fact that if Kyrie ends up getting traded it all makes it much more likely that Kevin Durant is on his way out of Brooklyn, which makes it that the Nets are probably going to blow things up, which also adds this wrinkle of, okay, maybe the Nets are the biggest seller in the trade deadline. And we've, yeah, you got, we've, I mean, you got Seth Curry, you've got Joe Harris, you've got even Royce someone O'Neal. like Cam Thomas. You've yeah. got so many guys that now become available. And not only is it, okay, now you have this potential massive seller, but how does that shift attention from someone like Bones Highland, someone like Nas Reed, someone, I mean, some of these other guys out there. And then all of a sudden, do you see some team come in and potentially, I don't want to say steal, but because of yeah. how the market has shifted, do you see different results that we wouldn't have seen had this Brooklyn Nets blow up been delayed till the summer? And that's right. what's so interesting to me about all of this. It will be a wild couple of days few days ladies and gentlemen uh we just wanted to react to this i gotta get back to moving you gotta get back to work uh Mm -hmm. we appreciate you guys tuning into the objective basketball podcast stay tuned because trade deadline we are going to be doing a live show it's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to have a bunch of other episodes coming out next week as well as we gear up towards what should be an insane trade (laughs) deadline um so thank you very much guys lauren i'll see you later uh Mm -hmm. and we'll talk to you guys soon Bye-bye.